Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday to you, Golden Eagle fans. Listen across the state of Mississippi. It's the Eagle Hour. Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in beautiful downtown Laurel. Bob out today. Got a good show for you today. We'll be talking with Kelly Sander coming up about the new season ticket policy and uh, procedures at M.M. Roberts Stadium. Uh, coming up in, in just a few minutes later on, we'll have Bill Broadhead, a, a longtime season ticket holder and a scholarship endowment uh, guy, a special friend to me, and uh, just get uh, his thoughts on, on opening uh, games in Southern Miss history as well as uh, some of the season ticket stuff. It should be a, a great show today, 10 days away from uh, football season 2020 and more thankful than ever that we're actually playing uh, football this year. South Alabama comes to the Rock next Thursday night, September 3rd. And uh, we're going to be talking to Jack Duggan, Sports Info- Information Director at Southern Miss, in just a moment. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you every day by Dickie's Barbecue, located at Turtle Creek Mall in Hattiesburg, right beside Turtle Creek Mall, and in a community near you, ribs, brisket, sausage, Chicken, pulled pork, uh, everything that you want in barbecue, you can find at Dickie's. Cooked here, loved everywhere, and we appreciate Dickie's sponsorship of the Eagle Hour. Well, to start off, uh, 10 days, T-minus 10 days and counting until football season. Happy to have sports information director, great friend of the show, and last week's birthday boy, Jack Duggan, celebrating his 35th birthday. Jack, how you doing? Doing well. How about yourself, Luke? Doing great, man, and... I know everyone. Uh, did you blow out all thirty-five candles on that cake that they made for you? I wish it was thirty-five, my man. Uh, a few, a few more than that. Yeah, you, you might have to add almost a, a, a couple more, uh, a, a couple more, uh, ten or ten or twenty more <laughs> to that. But uh, no, it was a great day. Uh, I had football practice that night, but my family brought me dinner, and uh, we had a we had a great time uh, just sitting out and. Uh, and uh, enjoying each other's company, and uh, it was a, it was a good day. Well, we we jest with you, uh, the old left-hander. Thanks for coming on today. All right, big news over the weekend: scrimmage number two. Uh, from all reports, it seemed as if scrimmage number one defense uh, got the better hand of the offense, but it was like the offense struck back. Uh, pretty good night from Jack Abraham. Frank Gore Jr. had a had uh, statistically had had a good night. Seemed like the offense is catching on to Matt Kubik's system a little better, Jack. Yeah, I think so, Luke. I, you know, uh, started off with a pretty big bang. Uh, uh, Abraham hit uh, hit Jones uh, out in the flat around the sideline, and he just took off, and they couldn't catch him. So he went ninety nine yards. Uh, you know, they started off on the uh their own one. So uh that was kind of a nice nice thing to kick kick off the uh the scrimmage. Uh you know, I joke that uh that tied a school record uh uh passing touchdown for scrimmage in Southern Miss history. So 
<laughs> you know, I guess you couldn't have anything longer than that. But, uh, you know, it was a good scrimmage. I thought, uh, you know, our guys played really well. It was very spirited. Uh, they probably went through about 100, 110 plays and, you know, went about an hour and a half, hour 45. So, uh, you know, just just continue to get ready for uh, for South Alabama next Thursday night. Yeah, you talk about you know how important the scrimmages are. The other thing it allows those guys to do is is to get in better game shape. And I mean, has there been any talk or, or uh, any any scenes you know from the the layoff? You know, because this is the first time in forever that these football players have been on a radically different schedule leading up to preseason camp. Sure, you know, I mean, I think I think if you looked at the first scrimmage, it was probably a little bit more. I don't want to say haggard, just just you know, you could tell that you could tell they hadn't they hadn't been in game situations for a while. Uh, Saturday, it was more. I, I I felt like it was more closer to what it's going to be like uh, when they when they when we kick off next Thursday. Uh, you know, on both sides of the ball, and you know, I mean, they work hard every day, and and uh, you know, you're just trying to get as many reps in. Um, for your players as you can, you know you're still trying to you're still trying to uh, uh, you, you know Coach Hop said you know, Saturday after the scrimmage that you know that there's you know he, he's he's pretty close on what he's thinking you know starting wise, but there's always competitions you know leading up to game day. You know one of the one of the positions uh, you know he said that was still up in the air was punter. And there was about three or four guys working at that and. Uh, you know, it's it's it, it gives those guys and it gives those younger guys a chance to show as well. I remember when I was a redshirt sophomore, I was battling first year. I battled for the uh, the starting punter position. We we opened up with with California uh, week one, and they told us Monday of game week who was starting at the uh, the punter position. So I certainly understand <laughs> where uh, where those guys are. Um, Frank Gore Jr. Uh, he's he's the real deal. You were telling me off air. Um, he, he fights for every uh, yard. He he just kind of disappears in the scrum, emerges for extra yards. It seems as if uh, he will be wearing number twenty one, like his father. Seems like he will contribute to the Golden Eagles this year. Yeah, I think so. I think he will. I, you know, I think we're going to be deep at, at 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 running back, and you know, I think he's one of those guys that's going to be able to contribute for us. Uh, you know, he's fun. He's fun to watch. I mean, I you know, I, I haven't seen a lot of practice uh, this fall. Um, kind of stuck in my office, trying to catch up, getting ready for the season. But uh, you know, the two scrimmages I've seen, I've been very impressed. He's had a couple of couple three or four really good runs, and and I think Golden Eagle fans are going to enjoy watching him play this fall. Both Jack and uh, Tate Watley uh, threw the ball a bunch at the scrimmage. Obviously, Jack's going to be the starter. Um, what I've been hearing, you know, Tate's got a, a lot more confidence. I think he learned a lot from that bowl game. Um, I'm thinking, you know, even some this year, Tate might might come in and, and be used in short yardage situations. It, it seems as if this 2020 squad, Jack, may be one of the deepest that Jay Hobson's had in five years. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, you know, we brought in some really good players. Um, you know he's he's that he's several times uh you know on zoom interviews after practice has has uh has heralded and uh you know it, i think you're right i think this this really this really has a chance to be our deepest our deepest club and and uh we just uh you know just trying to fight to win that west division title and then and then also uh uh fight for a conference usa title as well
All right, 10 days and counting. South Alabama comes into the Rock um, next Thursday night. I believe the kickoff is at 7 p.m. A couple questions. Um, has there been any announcement? I can't find anything about, about TV. We talked to Russ Anderson last week at Conference USA, CBS Sports Network has uh the rights to that so you know couldn't wouldn't think ESPN or somebody would pick it up any any uh thoughts or anything you're hearing about of our official announcements about TV coverage well we don't have an announcement yet i i would imagine uh we'll have you know certainly we have something i would hope that we'd have something to announce this week uh, i i i'm pretty certain that it's probably going to be on television i just um but I, I don't have anything, you know, specific at this juncture. Uh, but uh, we're, you know, that's that's something we'd we'd hope, you know, you know, to to be able to showcase to the nation, uh, you know, you know, Hattiesburg, the Rock, and our football program. Yeah, there's only two games going on that night. UAB, one of them. So I uh, got really the whole the whole platform to yourself. All right, Jack. Ten days out. And uh, you, to, to say the least, have been a very, very, very busy man, and you will continue to be even a more, more, very, very busy man in the next 10 days. What are some of the things that maybe our listeners and, and even me and others are clueless about that fall in your lap and are your responsibility the next 10 days? Well, you know, just kind of the way the season's played out due to COVID-19, um, you know, you're still trying to, you're still trying to put together finalize a plan uh for for your media uh which is entry which is where they're going to sit which is you know how they're going to interact uh which is you know how we're going to feed them uh (laughs) the list goes on and on you know you're going to you know where you're going to put your photographers both still and, and videographers you know do you put those guys in the field do you find a place in the building you know, those are questions that, that I think I have answered, but, uh, you know, we need to go through a couple more meetings internally to kind of um, uh, finish all that up so I can communicate that all to the media so when they get here next Thursday, um, you know, they'll know where to go, what to do, and, and, and it'll be a smooth transition uh, as we start our 2020 season. That's just a little bit of it. I'm still trying to uh, work through our football game program, I guess, which will be digital for the first time only this year. Um, and then, um, you know, I got, I got, I've got many pages of my weekly game notes that I have to finish um, as I set up for our first um, weekly press conference, which includes uh, our head coach Jay Hobson, both our offensive and defensive coordinators, and then a couple of players. So that'll probably coming up later this week. So I've got to get all that ready for that, uh, and it'll be a little bit different. You know, in the past we would we would we would jump in one of the the team meeting rooms, usually on the north end, and and we would have a press conference. But you know, right now, <laughs> um, right now it's nope. um, yep, we're going to have Zoom Zoom interviews. So that'll be what we got to do. Man, we should have bought stock in Zoom about three years ago, Jack. We'd be a We'd be making a bunch of money now. Hey, buddy, we appreciate all that you do. Thanks for getting it ready for us, and we'll catch you next week. Anytime, Luke. You have a great day. Jack Duggan, stick with us on the Eagle Hour. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. We always enjoy Jack Duggan, Sports Information Director at Southern Miss, for joining us on the Eagle Hour, as he did in that first segment. Appreciate Jack's time, and again, happy birthday to you. 
from last week's second segment of the Eagle Hour, brought to you every day by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, just across the street from the University of Southern Mississippi. Big yellow building, great stuff there. I'm looking out at my truck here uh, outside the First Bank Studio in downtown Laurel. Got my license plate and... Uh, I don't know what you call them, receiver emblem, I guess. Uh, you put it in where your trailer hitch goes in. Got them both from Campus Bookmark, and uh, we greatly appreciate their support of the, the Eagle Hour. You can go on there and buy everything you need uh, to cheer on the Eagles for the upcoming football season. You can also go online, campusbookmark.net. Campusbookmark.net, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Kelly John Sander jumps on with us a segment early today. And, uh, Kelly, big news uh, we were kind of expecting it mid last week, but when Governor Reeves uh, made the announcement on Friday, just about an hour later, the Southern Miss Athletic Department releases season ticket uh, holder guidelines. Um, and I just want to get into some of these uh, and inform our listeners on what's going on. Some of you who are listening are season ticket holders. But, Kelly, I guess the biggest uh, announcement uh, to, to specify what M.M. Roberts Stadium will look like, 25% capacity, and you don't have assigned seats, but so you just kind of space out, first come, first serve, jump in your section and sit where you want to. Yeah, we'll make it make it real easy. I mean, it is first come, first serve. The only thing you don't that, that you kind of leery about with first come, first serve is you don't want people congregating. You know, so if you got a whole group of people wanting to get you know that fifty yard line seat or whatever whatever their section is, uh, you know, you don't want to have a lot of people they're huddled up ready to crash the gates, you know, when it opens, but uh, but it certainly makes sense, and, and as expeditiously as the university got this word out, they must have gotten, uh, you know, had several plans, okay, if, if they go with 25%, we're going to do this, if they go with 20%, we're going to do that, so, so kudos to the university to be ready for whatever, you know, the governor had in store. I just think it's so important that, that for the guys that, that there are fans there. I applaud them. I know that the Miami Dolphins and the NFL announced today that they're going to they're only, they're going to only allow thirteen thousand. I don't know why such an odd number, but thirteen thousand Miami Dolphin fans will be able to to watch the Dolphins play at home, because other teams have said there will be no fans. You know, in the National Football League, it's just it just adds that element, as you guys have mentioned, whether it's baseball or football or whatever. The fans there just add a, a new dimension and an element. That really helps you as an athlete. I know you're focused on, on playing and doing your X's and O's and making sure you are where you're supposed to be. But but having some folks there that you know are behind you and can get behind you in particular, you know, big plays just means so much. And I know it does for the guys. I'm I'm glad they were able to work it out. I'm glad they made that announcement as early as they did. Yeah, and and one more thing to to mention also. Officially, no tailgating on campus. Um, no social gatherings on campus, but they're actually at the bottom of this email. It does say that if you're an Eagle Club member, you will get your parking pass, and they actually will open the RV parking lots the night before. So Wednesday night at 6 p.m., the RV parking lots will be open, and if you have a reserved club of reserved uh, parking spot with Eagle Club, you can access that four hours before kickoff. Uh, they they did make a, a mention that um, gatherings around RVs will be limited to follow state mandated guidelines. So I guess you could, if you're an Eagle Club member, I guess I, I I probably shouldn't say this, but I guess you could lightly gather and drink food or drink uh, drink and eat food outside your RV or your vehicle, and it not technically be considered tailgating, Kelly. 
usually, and of course, those most of those RVs are land yachts anyway. So you're easily going to be six feet away from maybe the next, you know, the next fan over, uh, depending on you know the, the, where the, exactly the motorhomes are parked. So that that wouldn't be an issue. They normally and, and normally when you take a, a group of people to the game in an RV, it's usually your family, which are people that you've been quarantining with anyway. So I totally understand that decision. That it makes sense. Um, so yeah, though it's not. Uh, called a tailgate you know people have joked that it's a, a friendly protest against the other team because obviously we can't <laughs> tailgate but we're allowed to protest uh so uh but that that all makes good sense i'm just again just really glad for the guys that there there is going to be some black and gold presence um when when the eyes of the nation really are going to be on them september 3rd first football of any kind only two games that night, UAB playing, I think, Central Arkansas. Jack Duggan uh, said there would be a, an announcement coming up, uh, hopefully at the end of this week, kind of what the, the TV would look like. Um, but, Kelly, we're talking off air. Big big uh, fundraising year for Southern Miss people need to know about. Yeah, and I, th- I think that, and I think this, this is perfect timing to announce this, that the foundation announced this morning that they had a record year in fundraising for the university, $39 million in pledges and contributions the largest uh, single-year contribution year that the university has ever had. You would hope that trend would continue, but it's especially important this this COVID year when uh, so many other things are, you know, going to get just because the numbers, you know, the financial numbers aren't there. But this is kind of what we thought when this whole pandemic thing started, that people would step up and, and answer the call when they can now. Of course, you know that's that's academic, you know, money for the university as a whole. But still, it's a good sign because you would think that if they're making those contributions to better the academic university, that that uh, athletic fans would do the same. But congratulations to the foundation, thirty-nine million dollars, a record for fundraising uh, at Southern Miss this past year. It's encouraging. It's a big shot in the arm too, and of course, you know, uh, it's made up of big gifts and <clears throat> it's made up of uh, of people. You know, just ordinary Joes that that contribute uh, yearly to the Eagle Club. We'll have uh, Bill Broadhead on next segment, and he his endowment covered my scholarship when I was playing football at, at Southern Miss, and so every every little gift uh, counts um, for for sure. Um, Kelly, a lot of other things going on. Uh, NBA playoffs seems like the NBA continues to be unscathed by by COVID. Major League Baseball still kind of topsy turny. I watched NBA and MLB yesterday. And I got to be honest, I, I did actually enjoy some baseball. It, it, it's it's literally taken me until yesterday to get over the fact that there were no no fans in the stands. But I actually enjoyed some uh, watched a little Braves action last night. Yeah, but you know, I, I saw well the the fans in the stands are of the cardboard variety, uh, and the sound effects people are getting <laughs> really good at at typing in that uh, you know the live action noise. I saw the University of Texas today, Luke, announced that the Longhorns have announced that uh, if people would like to sit in the stands, albeit via cardboard, they can do that for $50 a game. Um, that they can, you know, cut out the, the, the university somehow has a system where they can send in, upload their photo or of their pet. And for $50, your, your cardboard lookalike or whatever you want to call it, your cutout will be placed uh, in the stand so it will appear that there are people there, although there aren't. And, I mean, when when it's tough to raise men, money any other way because you can't do it with 
ticket sales with people not being allowed to go. But that, that's a way to raise a little bit of money to be there, um, albeit cardboard. Would, but, but you or would Rover Louis ever or say hook them? Your family can be there. Would Louis ever say hook them? No, no, Louis would not say hook them, but he'd say he'd say through the top, you know. <laughs> get get him a little kerchief, you know, or a bandana or whatever, and wrap you know the black and gold bandana around his neck, and and have him sitting there, and the, and we put him right behind the visiting team's bench, to where they would be really uncomfortable, knowing that any minute now the wrath of Louis could be uh, unleashed. Just you know? th- this coming week, the next ten days, you need to go out in your yard and get leaves and put the South Alabama emblem on them, so when they blow through your your yard, he will bark at the appropriate enemy. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll have to do that. Man, can you believe that it's this close, though? A week from Thursday. We're getting ready to roll. Ten days. Jack Duggan was telling me earlier, uh, last segment, just about the enormity of still what what's going on. I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, what comes on his uh and on his plate, you know, there's some big decisions too with the media stuff. You know, for photographers, you know, do you do you let them go around the the stadium, or do you just put them at one end and they they have one section, you know, and so you, you can either zoom in and take a shot at the far end of the field, or maybe hope that they score touchdowns on your end of the field. Those are some of the decisions they got to make with media. And I think I think this whole football season really has kind of snuck up on us because usually the high school teams have got two or three games in the books before the college guys even kick it off, but because of this. Strange twenty twenty year, you know, college and high school are going to be starting, you know, about the same. Although the Eagles will play that one game early and then then be off, you know, for a little while before they play game two. But still, an exciting time of year, kind of a rite of passage here in uh, Mississippi that we get football underway in it. And it looks like Conference USA is ready to roll. Looks like we're going to play some football. The first AP Top twenty five was released today, and I've got a beef about that. Uh, about the way that they that they did hold it. on to talk that. about it in the fourth segment. Hold on to that. Yeah, hold on to that for fourth segment because uh, I saw the, the the tweet of the day today uh, against the Big Ten and the Pac-12, and we'll we'll come back into that fourth segment. Kelly, uh, we'll uh, we'll catch back up with you in about twenty minutes or so. I'm right here, bro. Kelly John Sander joining us. We'll take another break. Bill Broadhead, longtime season ticket holder and a scholarship endowment. Uh, we'll be back on with us to talk about the uh, the new season ticket policy for this season, as well as over the last 30, 40 years of him watching Southern Miss games, some of the best opening games to start the season. Bill Broadhead on the Eagle Hour right after this. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on the first day of the work week. Thank you for joining us on the Eagle Hour. Bob out today. Luke Johnson from the First Bank Studios in downtown Laurel. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, home of the 895 Lunch Trivia Night and all the Southern Miss memorabilia you could ever hope to see. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. 
Next, joining us uh, to talk a little season ticket stuff as well as uh, walk down some memory lanes of Southern Miss opening games. Great friend of mine, Bill Broadhead, who is the supervising principal at Crystal Springs High School in Crystal Springs, Mississippi. And uh, as best that I can figure out, been coming to Southern Miss games over 40 years, been a season ticket holder. Uh, what is this, Bill, year 26 for you? It's right around there, Luke. It's been it's been a while before that. Tagging on my dad's and uh, mom and dad's season tickets. So since I've been out of college, I've had my season tickets to be able to come and enjoy the games. Now you you're one of those guys um, that that I I like to come and and talk to during the second quarter because. Uh, you're not supposed to do this. I never did this athletic department, but I sometimes will sit on steps uh, by your 50-yard seat. So you have those good 50-yard seats. Uh, you got a little backrest there. Good stuff, good seats. Uh, your thoughts about this, the season ticket policy? I know you, you sent one to our group the other day, to Austin and Ryan McKee and a bunch of the guys like that, and said you were just excited you were going to get to go and watch Southern Miss football this year. Well, I, I am, you know. Of course, Luke, I know you enjoy hanging out with us at our tailgate, too, and I'm going to miss that. You know, the no tailgating is sad, and 25% capacity, you know, I don't think that's what anybody wants. Uh, but I do know that I know there's people that are complaining about the policy, and I'll tell you something about the people complaining about the policy. Those are people who have not ever had to create a policy for something like this, because you can call your friends in the Pac-12 or the Big Ten and ask about their tickets and how that's going. And it's it's a big animal to uh, to eat. And uh, I'd like to praise Jim and his team for uh, you know getting this set up. The reserve section beats the heck out of not being able to be there. All right, so uh, I think they've done a great job with it. I'm excited to have the uh, have the football opportunity to watch the football games in person. And I uh, hope you'll still come sneak over close to us and be social distance, but where we can break down the game during the game. Yeah, we'll just yell at each other we're six feet away. But yeah, the reason I <laughs> wanted did, you to, to anyway, get home. To, we? Yeah, we do that anyway. Anybody that sits around there uh, is, is knows that full well. Um, but yeah, the reason I wanted you to come on today is just because um, you're not in the media. Um, you're you're not one of us that you you pay for what you get. You pay for a product. You're a season ticket holder. And I just wanted to get your perspective on it. And, and you can see it from two sides, Bill, because you are in charge of, a, of an athletic program at a high school. You're the supervising principal at Crystal Springs. And just what you just said, just to reiterate, these are not, these are, these are not easy decisions, and you're going to make someone disgruntled or frustrated or mad no matter what you do. You want to make everybody happy? You sell ice cream, and like you're saying, we're getting we're getting ready for a scrimmage game Friday night here uh, versus our sister school Wesson, and there's just a lot of logistics that go into you know, of course, MHSAA it's two per participant, but still just having it set up as as the CDC and the governor are asking, there's a lot to it, and that's just for a high school game. I, I can't imagine on the university level how tough it is. So, yeah, you're asking me as a consumer, uh, you know, is it worth not having a specific ticket, I've got a section, and I've got seven games. So, man, I'm again. I think the people that are complaining about what the university is doing would be people that just simply have never had to make decisions like that. Yeah. All right. Ten days out, and uh, wanted to talk for a minute because you've been watching Southern Miss football a long time. I have too. What What are some? Let, let's start here first. What What are some of the the greatest opening games? 
that you uh, you remember or you've been a part of or that you've witnessed uh, watching Southern Miss football down the down the years? Uh, Luke, I, I think you know uh, the, the really I guess three that I would say stand out uh, at Nebraska in '04 was a fun one to watch. I was not able to be there. But the uh, really, I guess you call them bumper games for some of this. If you think back, I think we've had two bumper sticker games, I guess you could call them, where we have bumper stickers for, you know, passed out before the game. I, I go back to 89, and that was when we had some Favre for Heisman bumper stickers that were passed out. And then we go down to, to uh, Florida State and uh, have the big upset there. Uh, the one that was at the Rock that I enjoyed the most was another bumper sticker game. Do you remember the nine six ninety nine bumper stickers, Luke? Nine six ninety nine. That game. That was the hottest, most humid game. And I'll t- I'll tell you something a little a little about that. So when when I played, which I started uh, two years after that, all black was one of those things where they just didn't let us play in it. Coach Bauer just didn't let us play in all black. You had to earn playing in all black. And somebody on Tulane's squad said that day, you know, the kickoff was it was like at 11, so first guys would have come out to warm up like 9.30. By 10 o'clock, it's like a 1,000% humidity. It's like low to, to mid-90s. And one of the Tulane guys said, we saw Southern Miss come out in all black at 10.30 in the morning in 100% humidity. The game was over at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, the game was over for a lot of the fans because I saw a couple carted out, uh, no joke. I guess it's smoke or just getting overheated. Oh, and uh, I, I, I also remember on that day, of course, we weren't sitting with our backs against the wall. I had to, had to earn those seats over the years, Luke. But nine six ninety nine, like you said, midday football game was the hottest. And I'm about halfway down in my section, and one of my Sidney Cobb brothers, Aaron Tenite, came down and he placed this cold towel that he had brought into the game around my neck. I didn't know what was going on until I turned around he said, you look like you need this a lot more than me. The leprechaun in there was about to have a heat stroke myself. I was about to die, but I wasn't about to leave the stadium. But uh, great win, and to me, that's one of the funnest home openers that, uh, that we've had. That was uh, that was the game. I remember I was we'd sit up in the uh, in, in the top of the rock on the west side, and we'd sneak down in those chair backs if nobody sat. And I had my dad's binoculars, and I was like. Okay, I've heard a lot about this guy, Jeff Kelly. This that was Jeff's first game as a starter. He was replacing Lee Roberts, and he hit Leroy Handy on like a missile on a deep post going down the middle, and and we shredded Tulane that game. Uh, a game that I remember, and this is specifically a Thursday night game. It was in '93. wasn't a, a good year by, by Southern Miss. It was like the first. It was the first time Bauer had a losing season, and he didn't have one ever since then. Um, Johnny Majors came in right. To, uh, to to with Pittsburgh and it was a I remember that it was a Thursday night ESPN game I think it was the first national broadcast that I had been to at MM Roberts Stadium we lost that one but man it was a good environment that was a close game there too I, I, you know I was actually on campus during that time Luke and I was just so thankful I think we had maybe next year Northern Illinois on the Thursday to start it off and I love Coach Bauer you know I'm a big Bauer guy I love him uh, but about the time I hit college and he started these 11 o'clock and 12 o'clock kickoffs for, for all those first games, and, you know, we, we'd get our dates from Panhellenic and go to the game, and by halftime we were taking our dates back so they could go get showered and ready for the, the uh, 
activities after the game, and it was just the guys in the second half because it was so hot. Uh, but it always a good atmosphere, fun atmosphere, and I'd like to know as a player, man, what, what was your favorite USM home opener that you played in? The, it's got to be Nebraska. I mean, we were out there, and uh, you know, when we beat them, they gave us a standing ovation as we as we went out. It was everything you want. You're at a, a a legendary program. Bill Callahan coming off taking the Raiders to the Super Bowl. You're playing on at, at eleven o'clock on ABC. You're the national broadcast, and you beat them. But the one thing I do remember, me and somebody else went to go get the the Powerade cooler, and we were going to go dump water on Coach Bauer, and they stopped us. And uh, he said, he don't want to be Dows. He don't want to be Dows. And after the game, we were jumping up and down, and Bauer turned around. And he said, act like you were supposed to win. Act like you were supposed to win. So we just right. casually walked over there and shook Nebraska's hands. That was probably the most incredible game that I was a part of. What do you think it's going to be like in a couple of weeks when we get to host South Alabama in a game that's going to be, of course, unique with uh, the limited seating? You know, nobody's ever going to have experiences before, but – I imagine a lot of people that are going to be football hungry, not having watched uh, watch football, we may have a lot of eyes on us and a lot of attention on our game. But what do you think that's going to feel like at the Rock, Luke? Yeah, it's 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 going to be weird. I mean, that's the only way around it. And I think the the way you prepare yourself as a player mentally is you know it's going to be less of an atmosphere. Nothing you can do about it. And as a fan, I think you just make your mind up that you're going to, you know, take the place of the other three people that would be there and that, you're, you know, you're, you're going to cheer. Bill, about 30 seconds left. Uh, I want to bring this up. Of course, you and your wife, Amanda, have had the uh, Christian Athlete Endowment for a football player every year. Just want to get, you know, in the next 30 seconds or so, just about Swayze Bozeman, senior linebacker for Southern Miss, who's the recipient this year. What a class act. You know, Swayze's up for some, some awards for the end of the year. He's, he's been recognized for his service off the football field, and, and he, he's just a little real leader. Can't say enough about Swayze. He, uh, but, Luke, he, he's cut from the same class as the brothers in front of him, like you and some of the other guys that you mentioned, uh, all the class act. I enjoyed being a part of that. And I appreciate you putting me on the show today, man. You do a great job with it, and it's a fantastic program. Just uh, proud any time you call me. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming on today, Bill. We'll see you at The Rock next week, bro. We'll see you. Bill Broadhead on the Eagle Hour. We'll take another break. Kelly Sander will join us. Don't go anywhere. Keep listening to the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. Southern Miss to the top. Back on a Monday, fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Toyota of Hattiesburg, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg and online, toyotahattiesburg.com. You can go on their website, check all of uh, their inventory out, pick out uh, the, the vehicles you're interested in, and then go see them on Highway 98 and uh, help them, uh, let them help you with your new vehicle purchase. Toyota of Hattiesburg, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Also want to thank, as always, D1 Training in DBAT, located on Highway uh, 98 slash Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, right to the right of Best Buy in the old Gaddytown building. Train different. Try D1 Training. And then for uh, your kids with baseball and softball, uh, go over to DBAT and let them get uh, ready for uh, the season next spring. Great facilities, 
great instructors and just a great place uh, to get right and go check out D1 Training and DBAT, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Uh, Kelly Sander joins us again. And, Kelly, where we left off in our second segment, the AP Top 25 poll uh, is released, and it's always been a credible poll. It's always been a poll that you look to, and uh, you get excited when your team, if, if they're not even ranked, when they get receiving votes. But the AP uh, Top 25, very, very different uh, as it's released on August 24th. Well, it went from a credible poll, in your words, to an incredible poll, because they've got teams ranked now. Of course, it's, the season hasn't started yet, and polls generally are supposed to be for fun and entertainment. But they've got teams in the top 25 that not only have not played a game, obviously, they're not going to play a game this year, including teams from the Big Ten and, and Pac-10. So, I mean, how, how does that work? You know, how can, how can you be ranked yeah. not having played a game and are not going to play a game? Because normally the way you move up and down in the poll is to beat a good team or you lose to a poor team or whatever. But um, Ohio State ranked number two, and we're never going to know, are we, this year? No. Three, let's see, three of the top ten aren't playing this year. Ohio State at number two. Penn State at number seven, Oregon at number nine. Um, just so you know what the top ten is, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama at three, Georgia at four, Oklahoma at five, LSU at six, Penn State at seven, Florida at eight, Oregon at nine, Notre Dame at ten, Wisconsin at 12, not playing this year, Michigan at 16, not playing this year, USC at 17, Minnesota at 19, Utah at 22, and Iowa at 24. So roughly... 10, 12 teams not even playing but in the uh, top 25. This is why, you know, you, we, we've seen it so many times. Um, it, it's hard. Uh, you really shouldn't have these preseason rankings, I guess, uh, until maybe week four or week five because what yeah. it allows is it, it, it's the, it, basically now you can – it's when you lose whether or not you can get back in the race or not. And, and, and that's why I prefaced it by saying it's, it, you know, for, for fun – you know, and for entertainment purposes. But, and, and look, I, the SEC sympathizers might sit there and say, well, surely Sander doesn't, is not insinuating that, that, you know, Conference USA's teams would be in the top 25 if, you know, if these teams weren't. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that in order to be eligible for the AP top 25, you should have to play, you know, or, and, and it could very well be looked at after week one or two when the teams that are playing are indeed you know, finishing and competing in these games, that these other teams will go by the wayside. But, but, but I will also say, you know, if, if those teams that are clogging up spots in the poll aren't going to play, you know, what does it hurt to put Appalachian State in the top 25? They've, you know, they've been a very, you know, credible force, um, you know, in football the last couple of years. Some of these teams, you know, that, that don't get any love, this is a perfect opportunity for them to get some love, to get a little publicity have the spotlight shine on their campus and their football programs when these other teams that aren't playing, they certainly don't lack from that. It would be a good chance for these other kids to get recognition. That's all I'm saying. Well, I mean, you know, the uh, the tweet of the day that I was thinking about, and we're obviously not a pro-SEC uh, show by any means, but most of the time the SEC is playing the Big Ten or the Pac-12. I'm, I'm on 
cheer or at least uh, hope that the SEC team wins. Sure. Tweet of the day from Brad Crow. Uh, the Big Twelve or the Pac Twelve can't get, or the Big Ten in the Pac Twelve can't get smacked down by an SEC team in the semifinals if they don't have a season. So that's uh, that's the brilliance behind the the, uh, the AP poll. At least they can cheer for that. All right, uh, about a minute left, Kelly. Uh, the NFL had a bunch of positive coronavirus tests. Uh, this weekend, ESPN reporting 11 teams, 77 individuals were affected. Now we're being told that all of those are negative. It's kind of strange. Yeah, things that make you go, hmm, that's kind of the CNC Music Factory had a hit with that back in the day. Um, you know, I mean, you know, some false positives here and there I'll buy, but to go from zero to 100 overnight, 77 positives and all of a sudden zero positives? I mean, you know, logic would dictate that just doesn't make sense. And if it doesn't make sense, it's probably not true. Um, but the NFL's got to play. I mean, that, that's kind of been the NFL's in, investigating because if they start doing that, I mean, that's going to be a nightmare if, if you get ruled ineligible and then you, know, you, you got to be quarantined and you find out two days later it was actually a, a negative. Anyway. Be, yeah. be crazy. Kelly, thanks for playing Switcheroo with us today, and uh, we will talk to you tomorrow. Bob should be back tomorrow, and uh, we'll catch you same time, same place. Thanks for listening to the Eagle Hour, and as always, Southern Miss. To the top. Into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.